Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, January 27th, I think. Yeah. And uh, my name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. Yes. Uh, welcome everyone to the podcast. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Um, do you see this scar on my... It's like... In between my eyes, on like the bridge of my nose, I see it now. I didn't yeah, notice it's it until small now. little scar. Okay, um, I was reading the comic book yes. <laughs> on my iPad last night in bed. I already know where this is going, <laughs> and I fell asleep. I guess I dozed off, and I dropped my whole iPad like the corner right on my nose on my face, <laughs> and I uh, left a scar. Oh my! <laughs> this happened just last night. Just last night, yeah. Is there a dent on your iPad? Did you check? No, my iPad's fine because I have the iPad Pro. Pro. So <laughs> it's built tough. Secured to, <laughs> against your forehead. Yeah, your face will break before this iPad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it hurt. I got mad. <laughs> That's the worst, getting mad right before you fall asleep. Yeah. I was like, ah, stupid iPad. And I put it down. I went to sleep. But like. It's past you went to sleep. You get angry. And I was reading, and I guess I dozed off. Yeah, and like I'm in that state where like I know I'm asleep, right? Right. I know the feeling, and I'm like, oh, I fall asleep. I better wake up. And then, bam, hit me in the face. <laughs> so uh, life uh, smacks you right in the face for that yeah. one. Okay. It hurt too. Yeah. It was like the corner edge of the iPad. Uh, oh, it's nice. Okay. At least you got the rounded edges. Yeah, but like. <laughs> I felt like an idiot. Hey, wake up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was my night. Okay. You don't have a headache because of it, do you? I have a headache, but I don't think it's because of that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Man. Yeah. I think I have a headache because I ate too much sugar. Too much sugar today? I ate like two Krispy Kreme donuts. Maybe the, the Krispy Kreme we got last night was not the right move. It's too much. We got a lot. I, I'm built for donuts. I love donuts. I could eat them all day. <laughs> I think that was my second time getting them this week. So okay, I I can't. I like one at a time, one no. a week at most. That's lame. And I had two in a day, and I'm like, this. I my body's not used to this. I love donuts. They go great with coffee. So I'll have them for breakfast. You know, healthy, balanced breakfast. <laughs> we got we got a dozen each, right? Yeah. And I ate one, and then I looked at your box, and like half of them were gone already. <laughs> <laughs> I like donuts. They're good. <laughs> Uh, we talk about your diet all the time, and we finally get it to mine, and it's donuts. I know. What's up with that? <laughs> okay. Well, my head hurts. I ate too many donuts. That's doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm, it's a rough week. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to explain how the show works? Here at the Reader Copy, we don't just uh, eat donuts. We also talk about the comic book news, where we'll give you the rundown of all the things that came in uh, regarding comics. In the middle, we'll talk about a comic book. This week, we're doing Harbinger. And then at the end, we'll talk about our side stories where we talk about what we've been uh, reading, watching, whatever we've been doing to keep ourselves entertained during the week. All right. Well, let's get started with the news of the week. Everyone knows I'm a fan of Disneyland. Oh, yeah. And this whole pandemic with Disneyland being closed has been a major bummer. True. The mouse is closed right now. Um, what should have opened this past summer, 20, past July, yeah, 2020, uh, was scheduled to open was the new Marvel Avengers themed area in the California Adventure theme park in Disneyland. Avengers Campus. It was from the concept art. Looks really cool. Things look dope. Yeah, the the, the Tony Stark stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, Pim's Kitchen. Yeah, there's a uh, Pim's Kitchen where like things that are small are really big. Yes, right? totally. Yeah. 
You order like a popcorn and you just get one giant kernel of popcorn. I think we made that up. I don't think it's don't, really on the know. menu. I'd love that though. You order mini corn dogs and you just get a real corn dog. How do they do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's like a Doctor Strange kind of like magic show area. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, that looks kind of cool. I think they already have a Guardians one that we never watch. Yeah, it was like a sing-along thing because, you know, the Guardians do like a dance contest or whatever. Is that what this, the Doctor Strange thing is going to be? I think it's going to be like illusions and like... Oh, I'm down for that. Magic. He's he's a magic character. He's not a dancing character. I like that. Okay, real yeah. magic. You can see fast. Okay. Um, there's going to be like... I think a Quinjet ride or something like that, or like oh. an Avengers ride. Right. That we supposedly goes through Wakanda, things like yeah. that. Yeah. I have a feeling that's not going to be ready yet. I think that's uh, to be opened at a later date. Okay. We haven't seen too much uh, live stuff yet with that. Yeah. Well, because of the pandemic, everything got delayed. Mm-hmm. I think it's not ready yet, the construction, not 100% ready yet. Mm-hmm. But what is ready, because it would have been ready that opening day, is the Spider-Man ride. Right, right. The new ride where you're like in a trolley and um, it's like a game where you're shooting out um, mm. spider webs. Yes. Um, footage of it got released this week by Disney with Spider-Man, Tom Holland, actually like demonstrating the ride. Yeah, yeah. We see him actually in one of the trolleys like playing around, pretending to thwip out some spider webs. Yeah, so what's interesting is like, all you wear is 3D glasses, but then your just your hand gestures will activate the webs coming out like in the ride. That's pretty uh pretty wild, right? You can yeah. see it coming out of your hands, you think? Like how real does it look? I don't know. You don't see that yet. We just see the people in the ride. Right. We don't actually look uh POV from the glasses. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yes, they have ri- interactive rides like the Buzz Lightyear ride or the Toy Story ride, but you're actually holding a gun or something and playing and shooting lasers with it this one is motion capture with just your hands it's like you because you're not just looking at a screen right it's uh yeah. almost like a mix of the old universal honey shrunk the kids uh sure. show yeah but this is a ride yeah and it's also is that like artificial intelligence where it's picking up where your your hand is i think so yeah it's like <sighs> i think it's a mixture of like a like a buzz Lightyear ride where you're on a rail track and it's moving, but also the 3D goggles of like a Harry Potter ride. Right, right. And and then I guess it has like AI scanning your gestures. That's pretty intense. And uh, it's also like if I lose, I have a reason to to say, oh, it's well, just the ride. It's the ride. I, it was, yeah, sure. I, yeah. okay. I would have gotten more points if it was more legit, mm, yeah. but it was Peter yeah. that built this right. thing, not Tony. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, also before the ride, there seems to be like, a demonstration from Spider-Man, like in the laboratory where he's building this. Yeah. So I'm guessing through the the line that you're waiting to get in the ride, you're in the lab of Peter Parker, and there's like little demos of him building it. And in the it's weird because in the video they showed it's him, Tom Holland, just in regular clothes. So I wonder, does in this universe, does the world know he's Spider-Man? Oh, I don't. I don't think that's what they're going for. Are we think... getting too deep now? <laughs> We're, this is not the WandaVision episode. We're breaking everything down. <laughs> I think I we need to know this. <laughs> I think he's just Peter Parker, and he's in his like. So Peter Parker built this, but the world doesn't know Peter Parker is Spider Man. They do, right? J. John Jameson spoiled everything. Hey, okay, yeah, but I mean, like, that's gonna get fixed, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, 
maybe the the, the ride goers never caught up with the movies and they could just pass it under the rug or oh, whatever yeah. uh i think uh yeah he's supposedly the inventing stuff as tony tony passed he's trying to pass on this engineering you know motivation pass along to so the kids what i heard about this idea of marvel and avengers campus is that it is not the universe exactly from the movies. What? It's a universe where the snap never happened. Wow, really? Yeah. So presumably, Iron Man is alive here. Ah, uh, okay, I see. Yeah. So wow. presumably, the world doesn't know Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Things didn't get all messed up and yeah. lead to that. Yeah. So like, it's like everything up to before Infinity War. Right. Are we past Infinity War, but it's just the snap never happened and uh, yeah, it didn't maybe. work. It's like, everyone's happy in this world. The gauntlet was just a hoax. He did, he got them all together <laughs> and he's like, oh man. I'm going to make a theme park. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's an interesting idea. I know like Galaxy's Edge before is like within the continuity of Star Wars. Yeah. I guess that's not the case here with the MCU and this just, theme park part. I don't like know? the idea of these theme parks having to be in canon with a movie. It can't just be a part of a, the world of the movie, but just like its own thing too. Don't stress it, guy, right? It's, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're you're forcing yourself to limitations. Yeah, pigeonhole yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It could yeah. just have things from the universe. We weren't doing this up till now, mm-hmm. right? Also, like, you don't even use your cool characters yet. When the X-Men show up, you got to get rid of all this. <laughs> Make way? Yeah. What are we cutting out of, of Disneyland when, when that comes around? Are they going to get their own, like, whole campus? Like, yeah. The X-Men campus? Yeah. X-Men yeah. Academy? Mm, even better. Yeah. Jean Grey School, yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark who? <laughs> I am excited for this ride. I wish we could have wrote it already. Yeah, we should have been. Yeah. The video that they released also said, like, oh, this was recorded before COVID, so that's why people are not wearing masks and they're in, around each other, right? Okay. So that means this has been ready for a while. This right. has been ready and, like, functioning and usable since before March of last year. It's got to be, yeah. Yeah, right? Right, right. My question is, Disneyland's still closed with no planned opening. Why release this now? Well, I think they have plans. The 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 sunrise just around the corner. I think uh, so things think, are lying towards where. Is it sooner than we think? Mm. I think they they just want to get the feelers out there. How how the, the crowd works? Maybe <laughs> maybe this is them trying to get the crowd riled up so they can they can open force it. <laughs> yeah, make the crowd do the dirty work. You guys want to watch the? <laughs> you guys want to ride the ride or not? Because. <laughs> I mean, California is still not ready to open, right? Okay. And yes, the vaccine is being rolled out. But like, do you think by the summer they think they're going to be ready to open? The summer? I think a little bit later. I think I'm leaning more towards the end of the year. But then that's kind of where it's getting cold now, right? That's, and yeah, it's going to be the same situation. Uh, it all rolls out how it depends on how the, the vaccine rolls out and yeah. how, how good it is. But yeah. I think it's going to work out better because we have, we're going to be throwing out these vaccines out of our hands. <laughs> I think it all really depends on how many inhumans are formed from this vaccine. We already dealt with one pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on like how many amazing viruses are affected. Oh, please no. <laughs> I'm excited for this ride. If it works how they say it's going to work, 
It's gonna be the best ride ever. You gotta work in all the experience of the the world. I mean, are we just getting these weird robots? Are we getting any villains in the ride? Or I want to see that. I don't think there's villains in the ride. You think we're gonna see Tony in the ride? Uh, uh, Iron, Iron Man. Arming. Maybe at the end, we're kind of like a good job, kid. Kind of like that. I don't like that. Yeah, I want to see him. I want to see Robert Downey just hanging out there. Yeah. I want to see halfway through the ride him getting really mad. And be like, if you're nothing with the suit, then you don't deserve the suit. And then he kicks you out of the ride. Jeez, okay. Not the Spider-Man <laughs> ride. Oh, are you talking to us, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then he kicks you out of the ride. And then you have to finish the ride in like your homemade costume. <laughs> your PJs. <laughs> I I think the ride's done and ready to go. Yeah, they've had it all this time. They're going to open it in July. I think they, they might be closer to the Quinjet ride too. Yeah, I hope that's done and ready to go. So when the park is open once again, then it's just fully functional and just go ahead, ride it. Have that, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, turning over now to a cartoon. Oh, yeah. An Amazon property. We've been talking about this for a while too. Um, Invincible? Yes. Starring Stephen Chuen. Is that how you pronounce it? I really don't know. That's my best. <laughs> Uh, Invincible, Robert Kirkman's second most popular comic book, probably. Maybe I think I think that's right. Yeah, it finished. Like we got the whole story, so yeah. uh, I think I think he got some fans on that. Amazon has the rights to do their cartoon version of it adaptation, and it's been in the works for a while. I feel like we've been talking for over a year. Yeah, and they finally announced the like premiere date, and it's going to be March twenty sixth on Amazon Prime. Coming up soon, uh, three months from now. Yeah, just uh, two months from now. Yeah, yeah. And they we've seen uh, like a first look of the cartoon before, but now we get like an extended look at it. Uh, yeah, a small clip of the show. Yeah, and it's a scene where the dad, Omni Man, and his son are like just floating in literally in the sky playing catch, but like back to back. In regular, like, everyday clothes, not yeah. in uniform. And he's trying to, like, prepare his son to be a superhero. Uh, yeah, like a fatherly, you know, uh, lesson right there. As they're playing catch up in up in the sky. Yeah, so, like I said, they're back-to-back. And Omni-Man, who's, like, their world Superman, will throw the ball, and it will go around the world in a, such a high velocity that it comes back behind him and being caught by his son, Mark, right? That's right. the idea. I wanted to break down the science of this. Okay, let's hear it. Break down the science. Can you throw a ball fast enough that it stays within the gravitational pull of the Earth, but not slow down that it doesn't go full 360 around the world? Do you think that's possible? So it's got to start out that fast, right? It can't accelerate too fast. Except- yeah. I mean, all the acceleration is being done while it's still in his hand and then released. Right. Because but- I think I think the acceleration is the problem, not the velocity, if we're getting to the physics of it, right? <laughs> But like it has to be fast enough that it makes it all, all the way around, but not fast enough that it goes past the gravitational pull of the Earth. That was at most 30 seconds when the sun caught it, right? Well, yeah. It can't be possible. I don't think it's a scientific... I don't know. I don't this, know the science. I think this cartoon has it wrong. This, guys, this is the most important part of the cartoon. <laughs> But um, the sun does it too. Yeah. And when the, the sun does it, we follow the ball and it's like going through mountains. <laughs> it zooms past an airplane, which yeah. is dangerous. Be, yeah, it's dangerous. Don't be playing uh, catch with airplanes in the space, you know? Yeah. Don't do that. And, and when they catch it, it's like a sonic jet flying by. Yeah. It's the sound of the ball. Zooming past. First off, the ball, I don't think could survive. The actual material of the ball would disintegrate, right? They caught it and it's like red hot. <laughs> that excuses it. 
it would like I've seen people hit a ball like hit the leather off a ball because they hit it so hard really and that's just from a bat from a human right so they're humans they can't do so it so imagine right? a super being throwing the ball so strong that it goes around the world and the ball does not burn up and also how do you like um, traject that to the right point where it's gonna land in the same place you have to be that strong and precise you're not seeing the other side of the world when you're doing that like you have to throw it as straight as possible it has to been like done a lot of times a millimeter off You'll end up miles away from where you're floating. Right. You might crash into like Mars or something and tear down the planet. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's just careless animation for these I kids. don't. <laughs> it's a no for me, dude. <laughs> okay, considering everything, we had like that little teaser before, right? Where there's yeah. like little snapshots and both of us were like lukewarm on it. Uh-huh. This kind of uh, turned the tide a bit for me. We didn't see a lot of action. Uh-huh. It was more of a tender moment between the father and son. I, I think you're right. I think what the animation of it is not gonna what is gonna get me to stick to watching it. I think it is the dialogue and the writing. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, but uh, also there's like you know it's a stacked cast of voice actors for it too. Very good. Yeah, Mark Hamill's on it. Uh, Jay Jonah is playing uh, the uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, right? Exactly. Jay Jonah is playing J.K. Simmons, who's playing Omni Man. Correct. He's playing Omni Man. I think Seth Rogen is in it somewhere. He's playing like yeah, some yeah. He's yeah. playing one of the, the the heroes, I think. So it's a big cast and a powerful cast, right? I think yeah. I think I think it's going to do good. I think there's got to be some type of meat in the story that's drawing all these popular you know actors into doing voice. It is a popular comic book, so it has legs, and I know Amazon has. A strong, strong comic book following for the boys already, that show. Yeah. So I think they're expecting another strong outcry to watch this show. I think it's going to be better than I thought. There mm. was like a tender moment with it. The like guitar got me for a bit yeah. as they're driving that moment. Uh, but also, uh, I saw an article that it's like R-rated. Oh, really? Yeah. I think just how violent it gets. It's a cartoon though, you think? Yeah. Okay. But I've seen the comic books and Invincible, the main character... Gets beat up. We haven't seen that much in the animation yet, have we? We haven't seen uh, like glimpses, his... but not fully like how he's in the comic books. Yeah. Okay. Because he's invincible. That's that's part of the scene where he gets yeah. his name. He realizes like, oh, my name's gonna be invincible. Yeah. And he go make my costume. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking we, I'm gonna enjoy it. We got some like Nightwing Spider-Man vibes out of it. Comes out March 26th. So keep an eye out for that. Also coming out March 26th, we got a trailer for Kong or Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm hyped. I know you for some reason love these Godzilla movies. I don't love all of them. I actually only like the last one with uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. And, you know, I know it's not good. It's schlocky. So, okay. But, I I think they're okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I only like when the monster's fighting. Whenever the people are talking, it's a dumb movie. Yeah, I think the people really don't matter. Yeah, and they matter the least in this movie. Because it's really just the, the actual two superstars fighting each other. Yeah. First off, like, Godzilla fought, like, six monsters in the other movie. And now he only has to fight one. A, a gigantic gorilla. Yeah, but I mean, like, the other ones are, like, three-headed dragons. So it's like... Uh, if he can beat all those, I think Godzilla's or King Kong should be like a piece of cake. I think you know. I think a, uh, an ape can beat up a lizard. I think <laughs> by that science, it just makes sense. He looks he's smarter. There's a point in the trailer where he like gets out of the way of the laser beam out of sure. Godzilla's mouth. He's pretty smart. He can't swim though, right? God, King Kong cannot swim. I didn't consider that. He's, can he even get wet? Yeah. <laughs> so he lives tra- on an island. Yeah, that's why he never left the island because he can't swim. <laughs> So the trailer was released. Yeah. 
uh, out of all of these, like Kong Skull Island and Godzilla, this is the one I do want to see the most because it's finally the main event. But like saying that begrudgingly, I know this is gonna be dumb. <laughs> I think so too. They're just adding more human actors in there. Yeah, that really, I feel like it could be played by literally anybody. <laughs> Like Alexander Skarsgård in there, Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Um, but like they have people coming back, like Kyle Chandler from last movie, and Millie Bobby Brown is back also. Yes. So it's like, why even have people in these movies? I don't think it mattered. They just they get squished. Yeah. And it's also weird that I think they have to have people to like root for the other side because at a point they're like arguing with each other who's gonna win. Yeah. They're, they're taking bets. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what we're doing as. You know, moviegoers. Yeah. Who do you want to win? Do you even care at all? Who do I want to win? Yeah. Neither. What does that mean? They'll just blow each other up. I don't care. It's like, whoever loses this one is going to win this next one. So that's what I think Ooh, is going to happen. Okay, so like that. it does not matter. I love that, that we're getting a neg- another movie. Okay. Um, I, I What I do like is like, if you care about these movies, Kyle Chandler and his daughter, Millie Bobby Brown, they're like Godzilla fanboys, right? Totally. Fangirl. Stands. Yeah. But Rebecca Hall seems like she's a King Kong fangirl in this. Right? Yeah. So they're both like, nah, man, Kong bows to nobody. And they're like, it's Godzilla. Hello. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like they're fighting for them, kind of like hyping them up. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're uh, cheerleaders, right? Yeah. On the sidelines. So I do like we get to see a lot of backstory of both the the monsters um apparently like there's a big monster war prehistoric times right that's what they kind of show in the trailer i think what they're talking about is what happened in uh king of monsters where they just godzilla was fighting these other ones and kong was just kind of on the other side fighting more monsters it was nowhere basically but king kong i mean yeah king kong was like twirling around some other monsters that could have been it. Yeah, that could be just be a prequel. Yeah. Right. And uh the ones he's finding don't are not big enough to uh show up in King of Monsters, maybe. I don't yeah. know. They also mentioned like it seems like Godzilla is going crazy in this one and doing things that they don't expect him to do, like attacking people. Right. He uh, crashes into like a big uh, uh warship. Yeah. So they need Kong to defeat Godzilla. So that's why they went to the island to go get him. But while like Millie Bobby Brown and yeah. uh, Channeling are like still love Godzilla for what he did in the last movie. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, no, there's something wrong with him. He's this is not normal Godzilla. So obviously there's another another person, old white guy probably. That's like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like in the old uh, movie prior to this one. Yeah. There's like that other organization that's trying to like just end the world. Right. Okay. Something evil. <laughs> yeah. People are the real, real bads of the whole universe. Yeah. So uh, expect that again. Do you expect another kind of monster? Uh, No. I think they're going to just duke it out and it's going to be big epic thing. There's I no think. surprise third like contender. Well, that's going to lead into the next movie. However, we're going to have more monsters. And then the next movie, they're going to team up for that big bad and somehow there's going to be peace after that. God Kong. God Kong? What? <laughs> the fuse? Yeah. I like that. Kongzilla. Yeah. Bridezilla. <laughs> I, I I know who wins though. You already know. Yeah, I do know who wins. Well, this is just a reboot, so you watch the old ones. No, it, it's very obvious who wins. Why? Who comes first? Um, the first one was called um, Kong Skull Island, right? Yes. And then Godzilla, and then Godzilla King of Monsters. Now Kong is going to win, so he'll finally be called King Kong. Because <sighs> the first one he was it's just Kong Skull Island, so he's finally going to be called King Kong. 
Because he's going to beat Godzilla. I think you literally just spoiled it for me. And I hate okay. that. <laughs> don't watch it. I want to watch it. Oh, my God. Okay. Why do you do this to us? <laughs> That's <laughs> what the whole point of it. Uh, yeah. I, he's I never like been that. Kong before. He's never been called King Kong yet. He's always been called Kong. Yeah. So when he defeats Godzilla. I kind of like that. Well, I, I do want King Kong to win, actually, because we've had more movies of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then the next one, he's going to fight Conor McGregor. <laughs> For the ultimate championship, <laughs> uh, that also comes out March twenty sixth. So funny, yeah. We're gonna watch. We'll probably watch that. It comes out on HBO Max. So oh, tight. If you don't have to go to the theater, mm-hmm. we'll watch that. We'll watch first episode of Invincible, and then uh, we'll celebrate Mom's birthday. Oh yeah, <laughs> happy birthday, Mom! Again, it's her birthday. <laughs> Make a day of it. She's been waiting like a year to watch Invincible. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, "When's your mom's birthday?" That's when we're gonna release <laughs> the monster movie. Uh, all right well um guys thank you for tuning in please subscribe to the reader copy podcast we're on all major podcast platforms and what really helps is if you could please leave us a review and um tell your friends about the show totally yeah and uh let's know who you think is gonna win in godzilla versus kong on all our social media you can find us at instagram facebook and twitter at the reader copy podcast is where you can find us all right let's hop into our comic book this week it is the comic book that i picked it is, um, I want to call this like part three of our Valiant series. Oh, cool. It's uh, getting to Harbinger. So we've done two Valiant comics in the past. That's right. Exo Man of War. You really like that one, I think. I really like that one. We've done Bloodshot also. Bloodshot, yes. And now this is our third installment uh, Harbinger. Yeah. And just a recap of what Valiant has done. Again? Okay. Yeah. Because it's one of my like most interesting like stories about comics for me. Really? The behind the scenes? Yeah. Much like Image kind of like revamped. Like Valiant was a 90s comic book publisher that was very 90s, right? Yeah. Middle of the pack, maybe. Kind of, yeah. Had some popular characters, but... Didn't have the strongest sales. Didn't have the give to keep going. Yeah. So then in the 2000, I think like 2008, 2010, hmm. they sold all the Valiant rights to like these two guys, these two like venture capitalist guys or whatever, right? Guys with money. Yeah. Guys with money. And then they're like, we're going to redo the whole Valiant line hmm. from the ground up starting from scratch. And then in 2012, they... Well, it's kind of called now Modern Valiant, and it's like every story is redone, and we're telling brand new origin stories for all our characters, and we're going to do it like slow and steady with quality. This is kind of like their plan. The game plan. Yeah. Love that. I think the first year, they only had four titles. This is one of them, right? I think this is one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one was Exo Man of War, right? Correct. That's uh, about a Roman soldier that was kidnapped into space. He found a ultimate space armor suit, came back to Earth, and by then it was like modern day. Right. Uh, Bloodshot is about Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes. That's, that's all you need to that's know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> he's a guy that can... Uh, is he like an android? Yeah. He's, well, he's like... he's a, he, he thinks he's a person. Well, he's like a person that died and then they put like nanobots in him. Right. And he can like reconstitute and he's yeah. got this like silver skin, right? And they put brainwashed fake memories in him that never existed it's not his life yeah vin diesel vin diesel yeah (laughs) um and then now this one is as we'll get into the story it's more about 
people born with psychic powers, mind powers. Yes, yes. Um, Some of them, some of these stories are kind of copies there. They kind of align with other properties in Marvel, DC. I think this is kind of a little bit doing an X-Men, right? Sure. A little bit. If you had to line it up, it's like an X-Men kind of story. Yeah, yeah. It's about a team of people with superpowers. Correct, yeah. Um, When these stories were coming out, they had plans to, because this is like, I believe the second, no, the third biggest shared universe in comics. Obviously, Marvel is the first and DC is the second, I think, or or vice versa. This is the next biggest one because all their comic books are in the same universe. As far as comic titles, you're counting them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like Bloodshot and Exo Man of War and Harbinger, they all take place in the same universe. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that, like... I guess I can't count on my hand like all the other ones that are connected universes. Interesting. Yeah. There's there's plenty of more uh, titles that are in the Valiant storylines, right? And they all converge in these like big events. Um, this is gonna eventually cross paths with Bloodshot uh, down the road, but not yet in the in the first five issues that we're doing here today, which is called Omega Rising. Cool, cool. Um, the books got a deal with I believe originally it was like Paramount. Oh, to get uh, movies made? M- movies made. There, there was a five-movie deal. Two Bloodshot movies, two Harbinger movies, and then a fifth crossover event movie. Oh, interesting. No X Amount of War movie in that deal? No. Why? <laughs> that's weird. They wanted to they wanted to do something that's like get get as close fast enough to a shared universe as possible without okay. just doing it like DC just did it. <laughs> just just do it. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what's the minimum? Two movies each and then share them? Okay, let's do that. Lame. Okay. Yeah. So we know Bloodshot came out. Yeah, yeah. To like yeah. hordes of people going to the movie theaters to watch them, right? Yeah. To so watch much it. so that they had to shut down all the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't afford their power bill. So many people watched that movie. Yeah, it, it literally broke the industry. <laughs> Um, and then I think a couple of weeks ago we announced that they're doing a sequel. So that's the two Bloodshot movies already. Yeah, crazy. Still, I have not seen it. Yeah. Maybe I have, and I just forgot about it. Dude, so <laughs> unforgettable. What's weird is those are by Sony, right? Oh, are they? Yeah. And the original plan was with Paramount. And I think the rights to Harbinger are now reverted back to Paramount. So they're going to make the Harbinger movie, which is in pro- in like planning pre-production. It's so weird. So like, I, I guess they're still going to cross over. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the plans will change and we will get an Exo Man of War movie eventually. But I don't know if they're still planning to cross over in the fifth movie. Well, hey, we haven't. We've seen cross-company movie franchises, sure, superhero yeah. franchises worked in the past. Yeah, maybe they, you know, these companies are going to team up to take down the big mouse. You know, mm. and more, they get it. More likely, Marvel's just going to buy him, buy them out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get a small enough audience, a big enough audience. Yeah, that the price tag is starting to look look better to them. Yeah, no, they're just going to buy them out, and eventually, we're going to be hanging out at Valiant Land and Disney Disney World. Oh my God, <laughs> Valiant Land! Isn't it going to be crazy when you see Groot? and bloodshot meet up <laughs> I can't wait to ride the Vin Diesel ride in Valiant Land <laughs> so like I said we're doing the first five issues uh, today it is by writer Joshua Dysart mm-hmm. who I believe also wrote Bloodshot right oh, okay and that's why he kind of knows what's going on and connects them later I can get kind of the flavoring, kind of uh, the cross pass of the and the influence of the two books. Yeah, I mean, this guy has literally worked for almost every comic publisher. Like, 
DC, uh, IDW, Dark Horse, Image, like he's all over the place, right? Literally all of them. Yeah. He's very good. He's written for a pretty popular titles like Conan, Hellboy, Swamp Thing. So he's just kind of like an all-around good writer for comics. Cool, right? cool. All right. I think they were just really just trying to get some passionate people behind the books because they're just launching. I think they were not going for big names yet. Yeah, they're going for just like solid guys that they could count on. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like like I said, he wrote like the Bloodshot title that came out around this time too, right? Right. And like the whole crossover was like his plan, that the first Valiant crossover which I'll just say right now, it's called Harbinger Wars, right? Oh, all right. So that's what it'll lead up to. This book will lead up to. Mm-hmm. And that whole idea is what sold them to get to making the movies. Oh, really? That specific yeah. That's their plan for event. these movies is to get up to that event. Right. Oh, that's okay. Why they're, it, the, that's the whole idea. Like, we're going to make two movies each and then get to that thing. So, like, that whole movie franchise or idea that they're trying to get into it's like his story child, his brainchild. Interesting. He's kind of the uh, he's kind of the Stan Lee of Valiant, maybe. Okay, let's, let's stretch it. But okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give him a couple more decades, and then we're there. <laughs> um, the artist is named Kari Evans, okay. right? And he is before he was a comic book artist. I think he was like a video game concept artist. Oh, we I think we get a lot of those in comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah which. I mean, it's almost the same thing, right? You're drawing characters and making cool characters. Wild sci-fi stuff. I think there's, imagine there's storyboarding in video games. Yeah. It's kind of what comics are. Yeah. He was working on, um, do you remember the game Dead to Rights? No. Okay. I think that was like a beat-em-up, smash-em-up game. What era? Like what time period? Which console? It was made by Namco, so Ooh. a while ago. I definitely don't. Okay, but that his work on that got him his first like comic book gig hmm. with Marvel, where he worked on Daughters of the Dragon. Do you know that title? Is that um like an Iron Fist connected thing? Yeah, I, I believe isn't that like Cindy Moon and Missy Knight? Oh, okay. Their, their team is the Daughters of the Dragon. Okay, I like that. I know in the Iron Fist story we did, they just called themselves Heroes for Hire, but. Yeah, I think they're probably called Daughters of the Dragon at first. Yeah, and then that led him to doing like Immortal Iron Fist and even Thor. Oh, really? For Marvel, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So he's still doing comic books, but he's also still doing like video game art. So like that's kind of like his two main types of media, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Both fields. Yeah. Um, Harbinger, like I said, the reboot that came out in 2012 – like even the old title, like it was pretty popular. It's like one of the more popular titles for Valiant. Okay, cool. And it was winning uh, a good amount of awards. Uh, it won like best super team, um, even the best comic book of 2013. So like says who? Uh, says Comic Impact. Gotcha. So I guess those guys <laughs> take that <laughs> with what you will. But like, <laughs> somebody thought it was really cool. Okay, okay. It's got some notoriety there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's like uh, kind of like if you were to think of X Men, mm-hmm. right, right, with their powers. But everybody's powers are based off like some kind of mind type, like telepathy, you, or... telepathy, or telekinesis, or whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> mind powers. This is yeah. coming from the mind. Maybe even like pyrokinesis is yeah. part of. But you're not like you don't have like claws. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have wings yeah. popping out of your shoulders. Yeah, it has to do with mind stuff. Okay, okay. And all these people that are together, super team, are called the Harbingers, right? Oh, okay. But our main character, his name is um, Peter Stanchek. I think that's right. Yeah. And we see him, right? 
and it's the same old like uh, I'm hearing everyone's voices and it's just giving me like headaches. We've seen Gene Grey do this a bunch of times. Yeah. So many voices popping in in his head. It's like the cursed power where you can hear everyone's thoughts. You can't quiet it yourself, right? He goes to uh, a pharmacy and he's yelling at the guy, the pharmacist. He's like, you know, give me some like oxy or whatever, anything you have. Whatever to dull the uh, voices. And the pharmacist is yelling. I'm like, get out of here, you druggie. Like, I'm not just going to give it to you. But he uses his powers of manipulation. And you can see like his eyes turn like glowing yellow. That's how we know he's using his powers. And the he's like mind controlling the pharmacist just to do it, right? He gives him all these drugs. Takes even all the cash in the register and he pops one of those drugs into his mouth to, you know, and we see the, like the thought bubbles around surrounding him are starting to fade away. Yeah, and he's starting to like smile and be more comfortable like, okay, it's pretty much like subduing his powers that he Correct. can't control. And he hops into a car with his friend. His friend's name is Joey. Okay. Right? And this guy looks like even more of a drug addict. <laughs> They're both kind of young uh, hooligans, right? Yeah. They're, they're druggies, around 18 years old or so. I think of it as like, do you remember um, John Connor and T2? Him and his friend like stole money from the ATM machine and like went to the arcade. Yeah, I yeah. think we're dealing with a little bit older characters here. Sure. But, but hooligans, like, they're nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, his friend Joey doesn't have superpowers, but he is kind of like a little bit schizo right right right. we get into the backstory a bit they were both hospitalized yeah um, mental hospital yes that they escaped and he's giving joey like some meds to like calm him and joe doesn't want to take it but he says like come on i need you to be like mellowed out because like we're on the run and when we're when you're unpredictable like i can't like take care of you while we're being like hunted right it flusters Peter because there's too many thoughts in his head if he's hanging out with Joey who's got so many thoughts in his head too. Yeah, right. So I need you to be calm so that I can focus right. and get us like safely out of here, right? So these two guys are on the run and they make it to the suburbs and they're looking for a old uh, foreclosed home to squat in. Yeah. And this house is empty, has like a for sale sign. They break in just to like have a place to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And we now cut to like what looks like a board meeting. And it's like a bunch of different races, like people from around the world at the same board meeting. And it looks like they're all listening to this one dude, right? Who's like the head of this corporate organization. Head honcho. This uh, leader, his name is Toyo Harada. And we are at the um, base of Harada conglomerates. Yeah. So like Elon Musk or or equivalent to that, right? Yes, yes. Or just happen to be Japanese. Yeah. He's a Japanese dude who's like the richest guy. Yeah, right? totally. We're in a like skyscraper right now. We're like looking out to, at the big city. Yeah. And all these people at the board meeting are like the heads of his different companies that they all he all owns or whatever, right? And they're like reporting to him. And with these uh, big uppity uh, rich guy types, they're like explaining how they're kind of controlling the world, right? Like yeah. different fields, like um, controlling small um, armies or whatever like that, or yeah. uh, ruining a different company just to like control the world. Yeah, really, they're like controlling the world. Like you said, like some own oil and they control oil, some own like even like weapons and stuff. So they're really influencing everything that's happening throughout the world. And he's at the head of all of it. Right. But he excuses everyone. And 
what he does is he meditates, right? Okay. He's going to think on this. <laughs> and when he meditates, like he crosses his legs and he's actually like floating in air, right? Some type of psychic power there. He has some kind of power. And who he's speaking with is a character we get to see earlier. And his name is like the bleeding monk. What? And apparently like this is like a really ancient dude, right? Who is also like crisscross applesauce floating in the air. Yes, yes. Um, we're in, um, you know, old Tibetan temple is where this bleeding monk is residing. Yeah. And like, he really is like, he looks like a monk in like monk robes, but just like blood is dripping down on him. Just dripping him. like a river of it. Yeah. He is the bleeding monk. What? And the bleeding monk tells him, find him, find Peter Stanchek. Right. Okay. Okay. This is the next day now. And Peter is looking out the window and he sees across the street is this girl that he used to know. Right. This girl's name is Chris and she was um, a friend in childhood, right? Yeah. This is apparently why they're here. Um, someone that um, uh, Peter's trying to see again. This is pretty much his crush. Yeah. From back, back when they were kids. Yeah. She is, I would say she listens to like, um, do you know the band like AFI? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to like, you're trying like, to pick a band. Like, to she, she listens to like, uh, um, what's that band? What's the Gerard Way band? Oh, uh, My Chemical Romance. Like, she probably listens to My Chemical Romance. You're talking about uh, MCR? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know this 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 brand of girl. <laughs> um, and he approaches her and be like, "Hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Peter, right? Yeah." He's like, "I used to live around here, which really he used to live in that house that he just broke into." Really? Yeah. Okay. But Chris just says, um, uh, I don't really remember you, but uh, hi. Hi there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Good okay. to see you. Good. Just kept walking away. Just going right? back to school. And meanwhile, back at the house, um, Joey has like, I guess, left, mm-hmm. right? And you know, he's kind of like flaky. You don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And I guess he's like making some uh, disruption over like the neighborhood park. Okay. Weird thing to be doing, Joey. Yeah. Um, he's feeding the, the pigeons there and just uh, playing around with them. But uh, this causes a commotion. And the cops uh, drive up and yell out his name. They know him. He's Joseph like, Irons. He's wanted or, or missing, right? Right, right. So they're trying to capture him, right? And they get him. And meanwhile, Peter has been like waiting outside the school for Chris. Like this guy is sprung. He uh, More like stalking, stalking is what I'd say. Yeah, he's remembering times when like, well, it was like his first kiss with her when they yes. were kids and all this stuff. And he's just like, I got to get with her. <laughs> so weird. So creepy. Um, so Peter tries to talk it up with Chris at the end of the school. But Chris just says, buzz off. Are you following me? Yeah. It's like, God, we're, we're, we were kids back then. We're not in love, right? Yes. You freak. Chris does remember him. She just was pretending to because yeah. he was a weird kid uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like some weird things going on with him back when he was younger. So what does he do? Who could blame him? Okay. He uses his powers to like trick her into thinking like she's in love with him, like full on in love with him. Just warping her emotions to fall in love with him. Uh, This is like the worst thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Okay. Um, We cut now to Joe who is in like interrogation room at the police station. Yeah. But it's not the cops that's interrogating him. This guy comes in and it's this doctor dude, right? Yeah. Really old looking 
slick back hair, kind of like sinister looking. It's uh, Mr. Tull. He's uh, really like almost bony the way he looks so creepy. And apparently Mr. Tull has been hunting down both Peter and Joseph for yeah. a while now. Because they've escaped that mental institute, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to say like, you know, where is Peter? And he won't snitch. Like Joe is like, I'm not going to tell you whatever. You can do whatever you want, right? Best friends, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, fine. Well, then we'll just let you go since you're not talking. Yeah. And Joe's like, oh, sweet, right? No. Kind of an idiot. Joseph's kind of dense, yeah. Uh, it's later that night. Chris and Peter are back at the empty house. They have just done it. Have gone it on. Yeah. And Peter's hearing voices outside. So he goes out to check. He doesn't even care that Joe is missing, right? He was busy. <laughs> He's living it up with, with Chris. Totally uh, forgot. In the, the squatter house they're in. And he's hearing something. He's like, Peter, like, come outside, right? He goes outside, and it's not Joe that's out there. It's a dog. Well, I'd say like a, like a husky dog. On it. He's like talking to him. This yeah. dog is talking to him. Yeah. And the dog's like, Peter, over here. Like, look at me, right? It's me, the dog, talking to you. Yeah. Peter cannot understand this. How is a dog talking to him? And um, he doesn't know that there's other dogs surrounding him from behind. And by the time he turns around, they're all like jumping at him and their faces are like manipulating to like these monster dogs. Like it's like ripping open. Their jaws are huge. They unravel uh, Peter's face. All their like ripped open jaws like jutting out, unravel Peter's face and a whole new vision erupts inside Peter's mind. He's now in like this Japanese garden. What? While he was like screaming, he's like, ah, and then split second later, he's like in peace. Okay, all right. A beautiful Japanese garden, and walking there is a character we saw earlier, Toyo Harada. Toyo is explaining to him, like, you know, everything's cool. I was that dog you were just talking to, right? All right. But now we're in, like, where I consider, like, this is my, like, most peaceful place. Hmm. And this is actually, like, in his mind. Like, I'm talking to you in my mind. Right, projecting an image into Peter's head. And he's saying, like, Peter, you don't know it, but, like, you're, like, me. We're, like, super special, and you think like you're just sick, but you have these abilities that you just don't know how to control. I'm here to help you. Uh, I'm here to show you what you can really do. You and I are part of these special people. They're called psyots. And yeah. this is what we're talking about earlier. It's just people with powers that are um, psychically influenced or their right. origin. And he's explaining in the world, there are three different kinds of people. Um, there's these norms, normies, right. muggles, <laughs> right? Yes. Nomaj. 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 <laughs> They're just, they can't do anything, right? And then there's the latents where these people have the ability within them. It's just not turned on. Turned on. Like it's, you have to have like it activated, right? Mm -hmm, Correct. And then that's what the third one is called the activated. People who have these powers and have had gone through something traumatic that turns it on and they can use these powers if they're trained properly. Right. And it's like specific to each person, what kind of powers that they have. And he's explaining to him, like, you know, I can show you how to use these powers. You're one of these people. It's super rare. But, like, if you let me teach you, I can show you how to control your powers. But, like, it takes full commitment. Like, you can't be on the run. You can't be hiding. You have to come to me, and I'll train you. Meaning, you have to get rid of Chris. You have to get rid of Joey. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, there's a point there where Harada mentions he knows what peter did to chris yeah well, i'll still bring you on board though yeah it's like i know you use your powers for like messed up stuff but like 
you're you're really like you're more special than all these special people already yeah you've been on the run this whole time yeah i can give you a good life too remember he had a sick headquarters earlier yeah i'm freaking rich yeah all right yeah boy (laughs) i'm also a dog right now so (laughs) check that out (laughs) you know i'm good (laughs) and he's like this is what i'll do you know chris has a life she'll go back to it joe I promise he'll like want for nothing. He'll always be taken care of because right. I know you care for him. So he'll have a place to live and he'll have a good life. And that way you're free to be with me in training to be like, um, you know, super strong with your abilities. Right, right. But, you know, uh, Peter's been on the run this whole time. He's skeptical of everybody. Yeah. He doesn't trust him. He doesn't know what to do. This is all new to him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Joey walks up in reality and is like, Peter, why are you talking to a dog? Right? What is going on? Yeah. You're weird right now. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Joey's like, he says that he got captured by the police and Mr. Tall, that weird dude earlier. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They let me out. Yep. They said, I'm free to go. Clean. No problem. Yeah. We're, we're all set. Right? <laughs> but like a second later, helicopters show up and they're like flashing their lights down at them. And then Peter's just like, you idiot. Like you led them right to me. Right. Dang it, Joey. Yeah. So now it's like full like SWAT storming the house. And like they're like rappelling down from the helicopters. Mm-hmm. And that Tully guy, he's in like the van that's like, you know, there's always a van that has all the monitors. Right, right. Sur- surveying the whole area, yeah. the whole mission. There's always one of those. And he's in that outside, right? Looking at screens. Um, and just a bunch of SWAT, these SWAT type dudes uh, break into the this foreclosed house. Uh, this scares Chris as she was sleeping there. Um and even uh, they break into the backyard and got Joe and uh, Peter surrounded. And um, Harada's there still just as a dog. So, like, no one's messing with him because he's a dog, right? But he's, like, you know, psychically talking to Peter, like, you know, you could handle all this. Like, you have the power. Just do it, right? Right. Really, like, pushing him to just unleash his powers. Stop holding it back. Yeah. So he does, and his eyes are, like, glowing, right? And he, like, force field projects everyone away from them. Uh, they start shooting their guns and all the bullets are just kind of like dodging. Like it's like going around him. All the bullets are curving around their bodies, just yeah. dodging all the people. Um, and Peter is even like breaking apart all the guns and all the pieces just fall to the floor. All the soldiers, like their heads are like screaming and they're like falling to their knees. And Peter's just like walking hella cool out to the front to the van and, like, he uses his powers just to, like, flip the van, right? He pulls that van all the way back behind him. And inside, again, is Mr. Tall. And he's scared. He's, like, scared of Peter. Uh, Mr. Tall has done this, like, over and over again, hunting down Peter and Joey. Uh, Mr. Tall even asked for his, like, to be done with Peter and Joey. to like, just, just kill me now because I've been doing this so many times. Yeah. You've been erasing my mind. That's what, that's what Peter does all the time. And he's going to do it again. And he's going to do it even worse because he's, like... Just to kill you is not enough. You need to suffer. Yeah. It's like, forget me, forget Joe and Chris, and even forget who you are. Like, what? You're going to have no memory at all. He's right? going to break him. And like, his eyes, like, roll to the back of his head, like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all this commotion going on. Remember, there's a helicopter up above, and Peter pulls that helicopter down, and it crashes into the house that they were staying at. And Peter pretty much realized, like, you know, like these powers are so strong, but I can't control it that I do need to just leave Joe and Chris and like they'll be safer if I'm not around. Mm-hmm. So he takes the deal with Harada. This is like, I'll, if you promise to take care of them, I'll go with you. Right. And it's like, okay, cool deal. And instantly, like he sends 
a van to pick him up. Um, so this is, an, again, one of Harada's vans. Inside is Rachel Hopkins. Um, and she's just like kind of the, the energetic uh, woman of the, the crew that's yeah. um, uh, assigning all the teams, taking in like the, the new recruits of the right. Harbinger team. Yeah, her title's like recruiter. Right, right. right. And all three of them hop into the van and uh, Harada there, still as the dog, yeah. is walking around with all the neighbors like outside who's like watching all this destruction in their neighborhood. And he just like uses his powers like, you guys will not remember any of this. Look at me. I'm a dog. Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. And then he turns back into regular human and then he like just flies away. <laughs> and then now is when Peter kind of has to like say goodbye to his friends. Yeah. Yeah. And Rachel, who's like in the van with them, was like, you got to do it now, right? While we have time, while um, they're not following us. So like, it's now or never, Peter, right? And then he's like, okay, I got to do it. And he looks at Chris, who he's in love with, and he uses his powers to like take off like the love spell or whatever that she's kind of under. And then she just realized like, what the hell did you do to me? (laughs) Just turn, like turn on a dime. She gets so angry at him. She's threatening to cut his balls off. (laughs) Um, and also as Joey's departing too, he sees what's going on with Chris and Peter and what he did to her. And this terrifies Joey. He's like, Peter, you're the scariest person I've ever met. Yeah. How could you do this? As he's getting pulled away, right? By the, um, the, um, Harada people, uh, Peter is just yelling back like, no, you're the only person I have, Joey. Don't lose your faith in me. Yeah. But there's, there's nothing, there's no time. Yeah. He's like, we got to go. And they drive away. And then, like, this could be the last time he'll ever see them, right? Best friend. And then Gone. he, Rachel gives Peter, like, this jacket. It's like, okay, you need to warm up and you need to look more of the part. Yeah. And it's pretty much like his Harbinger costume. Like, it's this jacket with, like, blue shoulders and black bottom. And then it has, like, the Harbinger logo on it, which is, like, what is it, like a bird or something? Yeah, maybe a sparrow. Yeah. Kind of a cool logo. I'll tell you their costume kind of looks... Star Trek-y kind of? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. They finally get to like the headquarters. This is like the big like skyscraper, Harada skyscraper, right? Yeah. But apparently like it's like business up top, military stuff on the bottom. Okay. Because they go underground and it is like a whole nother world down there that uh, no one knows about. It's like the bottom of the X-Mansion. Right, okay, right. Everyone's like, there's guards and with guns and everything and these high-tech helmets on. And there's even like sentry drones with like guns. Circling around. Monitoring everything. Yeah. And then we meet another member of this team. Um, Her name is Amanda McKee, but her like code name is Livewire. Livewire. I'm Livewire. (laughs) Her power is to control machines, so yeah. you know she's uh, in charge of the the whole like building with all the machinery around. She can control the drones and things like that. Yeah, she's like a badass like African American woman that like doesn't take any shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's got like a red uh, super suit on. I'm live wire. Live wire. <laughs> <laughs> finally, they go to Harada's office, and he finally meets Toyo Harada in like in human person. flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, like, oh, uh, I want to show you to your room, right? Like, and he shows him his room, and it's like a penthouse suite. Like, remember, this guy is used to breaking into buildings. Now he lives in like the lap of luxury. Right. Sick pad. Just everything pristine and new. Um, just such a change for him. You can have anything you want. I'm super rich. Like, the, the training you're going to undergo is very like 
very difficult for Rigorous. the mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your body needs to be comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to live super wealthy while you're giving me like all the training you can, right? So uh, Peter's wondering like, why do you want me? Like, what do you want me for anything? And Harada is explaining what Harada conglomerates is. Mm-hmm. He looks at uh, down on these people, the whole world, and just think about it. If we didn't have this controlling uh, network throughout the world, humanity would just crumble around itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, Herodic Conglomerates is, has its pocket in every single section and it's controlling all these nations. Because we're an overall good, we want to organize the world and uh, move forward with humanity. Yeah. yeah, it's like keeping the order. And it may look like we're letting bad things happen, but really we're in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And things need to go our way to like progress humans or whatever, right? You can really get the grasp of like Harada's whole game plan and how uh, like just hidden this whole thing was this, this was just a regular company from the outside, mm-hmm. but there's this whole super team inside of, of the, the yeah. company. And he's pretty much training all these like superpowered people to be like the super team that will, that, that Harada can just like let loose and do whatever he needs them to do to maintain order or whatever. Right, right, right. And finally, he's like, "Okay, you settle in." And then him and Livewire are walking down to like the secret like vault that he has, right? Yeah, it's huge, thick wall vault that they get into. And then Harada's like, "Okay, Livewire, like you can go, leave me alone." Mm-hmm. And then he opens the vault with his like mind powers, and inside the vault is the bleeding monk. What? We last saw him in Tibet, and now he's in the middle of this whole company. Yeah. Again, oozing just like a river of blood dripping from down his like chest area. And this bleeding monk, like, he doesn't care that like Harada is the wealthiest guy in the world and all this stuff that he has and building all these technologies. He's just like, that means nothing to me, right? Right. He's a monk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here because you can control Peter, and Peter is like the key to the future. Yeah. The uh, the future that the monk is seeing, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. Uh, we see a shot of Peter flying up with his powers and he's got a rageful look on him. And we just see behind him the entire city, maybe the entire world is in wreck. Yeah. Like destroyed aftermath of like this world ending event. And Peter's there like with his powers floating in the sky. Right. So they kind of like are scared of Peter. So that's why we need him on our side. Control him, guide him in the right place. That's what we're going for. Um, they've even said, like, even with these visions, the the future is fluid. It is the next day now. It is Peter's, like, first day of training. And he is introduced to, like, his, like, handler, I would say. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, the headmaster of the whole school. Right. This is a school, I guess. He's, like, the Snape. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. He looks kind of like him. Uh, uh, Native American type guy. His name is Hidden Moon. Hidden Moon. And his powers is like, I can control you. Like, I can control how much of your powers you have. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can take away your powers. Uh, It's kind of what happened in the best superhero movie, X-Men Last Stand. <laughs> the third X-Men movie. That, oh, guy, that guy. There's that one character that can kind of turn off someone's powers when you're near him. Yes. But this guy has more control with yeah. that that power of turning off powers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he himself can't do that much, but like I can stop you from using your powers. Dampener. Yeah. 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 And he's showing him around the school and everyone there is like learning and all this stuff. But it really is like Peter is like, <laughs> Peter's like the boy who lived. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's looking at him like, oh, that's the guy, right? Oh, man. 
Yeah, it's a, it's, everyone watch out for that guy. They get, he can all read their m- minds, right? Kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. Take it all in, and they're all kind of like I don't want to say jealous, but like they're kind of mad. Like they don't. He is already an outsider to them, even though they're all unique, all outsiders. Yeah, yeah, because all of them got their powers when it was like activated through some kind of like trauma or something. He was just born with it, ready really? to use. Okay. Yeah. So there's like this rare, even rarer lot of these special people who their powers are activated at birth. Oh. And he's one of them. He's, he's one of them. He is like yeah. a like the golden child. Yeah. So he's already like a cast out from these super rare group of people. Interesting. Okay. And he's also explaining like there's kind of like three tiers of students. There's like right. the new kids. There's like the middle. And then there's like the senior varsity team, right? Right, right, right. Different years, yeah, rankings. And you can tell what you are by like what color you're wearing, right? Okay. Of course, he's the first year and he's uh, getting thrown into the whole mess. And he takes him to a meeting with Ingrid and her powers are like, she's like an emotional telepath kind of thing. Empath, right? Is that that the word? Yeah. I guess that's what the word is. Yeah. And she's like, I want to talk to you about like your past or whatever. And he's already like a skeptic. Like, I don't, I don't really want to talk about this. I don't believe in all this mumbo jumbo. Talking it through just therapy in general. He doesn't like because of the past experience at the hospital. Yeah. And she's like, come on, just like, just try it. And you might feel better afterwards. So he starts thinking about his past. And apparently, like, he was bullied a lot as a kid because he's kind of a freak, right? Right, right. No one can explain what all these weird things happening around him, right? Yeah. And whenever he's, like, picked on, he doesn't know that he's doing it, but his powers would fight back. And these kids, like, would just start having bloody noses. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So then his mom would, like, have to, like, take him away. Because he's hurting these kids that he doesn't even know he's doing it. He and he's getting ostracized more, right? Yeah. Um, another really awful experience in his past is he knows he's got powers, and then he sees his dad, and he can kind of sense his dad has latent powers, like we talked yeah. about earlier. He was like a latent. Yeah. Um, he tries to activate that power in his father, and he just messes up some weird tick around um, his father's brain, and the father just falls to the floor on like Christmas Day. Yeah. Instead of like activating his powers, he makes his dad like comatose. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He just was trying to make him relatable. Um, the mom gets so scared, and that's when he, the mom finally introduces him to the uh, hospital, yeah. the mental hospital. So that's why he's like left alone there, and eventually he like runs away. But remembering all this, like it doesn't really like make him feel better. He no, makes, he like freaks out. Yeah, he gets even like a stomachache, like a headache, and all this like wooziness. He's, he's just crying, crying because it's so traumatic. But uh, Hidden Moon, the kind of strict headmaster, he is he. He pulls in uh, Peter to go and mingle with the other students. Right. So he brings them like to their cafeteria and he's like, you need to just eat. Maybe it'll go away. And this is where he meets Daniel Hesler. Right. <laughs> okay. And he has like telekinetic powers, which is like he can control electricity. Cool. <laughs> but he's also kind of like a bully. Like this guy's like a varsity dude. Right. Right. He's uh, kind of pompous about his stature, about his ranking. He's one of the third years, right? Yeah. His, according to his uniform. And he's also like, who's this like new guy that everyone's talking about? Like, whatever, dude. I'm, I'm from District One of the Hunger Games. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like making fun of him or whatever. And this just like enrages Peter, and he's like, just piss off, right? And he uses powers, and it like knocks back 
Daniel. Right. Daniel has to react and he uses his electric powers to make a huge orb around Peter's head to just pulse in electricity into his head. Yeah. And then finally, um, Hidden Moon has to like use his powers to like stop everyone from fighting. So like subdues all their powers. Right. All of the uh, students around are now surrounding Peter, ready to, to pounce if they needed. At the very last page of this issue, we meet a brand new character, right? Yeah. And it's this girl who's like a super fan girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's a, a pretty popular character too, who will eventually get her own title. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, her name is Faith. Cool. And she's chatting online with someone and she's just like, yeah, like I'm super ready. Like I've always wanted to be this. And like all, her room is just like posters of like superheroes and video games. Star like, Trek. Yeah, she just like loves all this geeky stuff. All nerdy stuff. Yeah. And apparently like she's going to go on a date. Okay. So much she's chatting online with. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I could either buy like this new like video game or whatever, or I could buy like a brand new dress for this date. So she buys a dress and she goes um, to the mall to meet this like blind date. Right. Right. She's also like heavy set. Yes. Yes. So. Big boned. A lot of other characters, uh, we see like other girls at the mall that's like talking, making, mean girling her. Right, right, right. Bullying her from a distance, just snide comments. Yeah. But what's cool about Faith is like, she kind of just like, she doesn't care. She's like a happy person. Okay. Okay. And we see the girl sees who the blind date is and they're like, whoa, like, want to tap that? (laughs) (laughs) Really, really good looking guy. It's a blind date and uh, talking it through with Faith. We finally catch up with Peter, who's been like training, like in their like danger room, if you will, right? Yeah. And just like he's taken down all the students one by one. They try to take him on, but he's just so powerful naturally that they don't stand a chance. Yeah. His power is like he can almost like it's called like a like a whip like where it's like in your head attack kind of thing yeah and everyone's nicknamed it the stinger right the sting okay just like kind of a weird sting in your head where you kind of just freeze there right right yeah so that's kind of like his go-to move but when he's like uh, alone finally like in his pens- penthouse suite right? quarters yeah uh, he's like studying but like every now and then he'll get like see these visions of like joe and chris and he's like man i can't believe i left them and i can't believe i like lied to them and did all that stuff. It's really trippy. He's like actually having conversations with them and they're not really there. Exactly, yeah. And we see now Harada and what he's looking at with a bunch of like the teachers Yeah. is like a brain scan of Peter. Oh, really? And he's saying like, you know, plans are good, but they could go faster, right? Harada wants Peter to be like way more advanced than anybody. Okay, so he can really get a grasp of his powers and he doesn't just randomly erupt this huge uh, vision that they have in the in the future, right? Right, yeah. So Harada wants to like accelerate things and he grabs uh, live wire. Um, live wire. Live wire. And she's like, <laughs> go, go get Peter. I need to show him something, right? And then live wire go gets Peter and he starts talking to him and explaining like his origin and he's like, you know, did you know I was in the bombing of Japan during like World War Two? Harada looks like he's like mid forties. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. But Harada just brushes it off like I just got good genes. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we know he could look like whatever he wants to look like to people. A dog, if he wanted. Yeah, he is a dog. <laughs> so like, obviously, he doesn't look old enough to be there, but he is. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And uh, Harada explains the whole process of introducing these new students 
Again, some of them are latents that he has to draw in uh, into the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't have their powers activated. So they kind of force it on them, yeah. activate the powers. And they use this machine that uh, kind of zooms this laser straight into their foreheads as they're strapped down. And one in four times, they just die. Yeah. One in four, not only do they die, but like it's their head explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, they're showing a video of this to Peter. Yeah. This obviously ups- upsets him. Yeah. And Peter's like, I can't believe like you're doing this, right? And he's like, this is the only way we can do it with technology. But guess what? Like you can do this, what this machine is doing. And it's probably like better at it. So I want you to try to do it. Like you try to do it with your dad, but you weren't ready. Now I believe you're ready. So like instead of using the machine, which only works three out of four times, you could do it and hopefully you can like activate these people without harming them. Uh, and uh, we see now the subject they're trying to do this with is Faith. Remember earlier? Mm-hmm. That kind of sweet uh, girl from earlier. And Peter's really worried about this. Can he do this? Could he possibly explode her brains out? We don't know. He tried this once and his dad went into coma forever. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if I could do this, right? And Faith is there and it seems like she knows what's up with everything. It's like, Hi guys, I can't wait to be part of this superhero team. Like, let's do this, right? This is the coolest thing ever. I can't weird wait to be a superhero. Yeah, so go ahead, do what you ever gotta do. Like, let's let's get going, right? Chop chop, buddy. And then she's like begging Peter, like, come on, you could do it. Like, I trust you, right? Yeah. Even though Peter doesn't even know if he could do it. So he tries. He puts his hands around her face and tries to like um, do some type of weird mojo with her brain as we see the synapses of her brain fire and turn off and turn on. Um, it starts to hurt Faith as she just kind of screams out and it's so painful. Yeah, she, her nose starts bleeding and she's like kind of like passing out. And Ingrid is there and she's holding Faith. And then Peter's like, oh my God, like I can't believe I did that. And her heart is like, well, we had to try. Like, don't worry about it. What? What in four? Okay. <laughs> Better odds so far. Um, but this makes Peter feel sick that he could possibly do this. He's uh, back at his quarters again. He's kind of tossing and turning, talking to fake Joey there. I remember just a weird uh, vision he sees of Joey that he's talking yeah. to. And he's realizing, like, I'm probably seeing visions of Joey because, like, he needs my help in the real world. Oh, okay. He's like, I don't know how long it's been. I just want to make sure he's okay. So I got to go find him, right? Yeah. And he's trying to, like, sneak out of this, like, headquarters, this giant building, right? Mm-hmm. And he runs into Livewire. <laughs> uh, Livewire uh, sees that Peter's trying to escape and just kind of doesn't like that Peter's going on, just leaving, just abandoning them. But um, she figures better off without him. So she, with her machine powers, turns off all the security, kind of rewrites the tape and says, like, you can leave and no one's going to even know you're gone with all the machinery turned off. Yeah, she uses her powers. And Peter is, like, tracking down Joey, right? Yeah. And remember, like, Harada promised he'd be, like, safe in, like, a nice place. But where he finds him is, like, you know, a dive where, like, drug addicts go and yeah it is like a shithole just a crack house yeah he's like stepping over bodies of like these addicts down the hallway to get to try to find joey right he finally finds him in one of the back rooms and joey is already uh just gone like thrown up all his guts and od'd um and peter can look into his brain and see just it's turned off there's nothing there and like Toronto promised to take care of him but this is like the worst place he could be like left alone and then 
we see, uh, you know, that like psychic lady there. Yeah, Ingrid. Yeah, Ingrid. And she's like, Peter, it's okay. Like, I f- we found you. Everything's going to be okay. And like, I promise if you just come back, we'll explain everything and everything's going to be fine, right? Meanwhile, as they're uh, about to leave, you know, Ingrid's consoling him and everything. He notices all the minds of these drug addicts. They're not just like weird and cracked like yeah they actually have completely blank minds like zero thoughts yeah. and this is a huge sign for peter that harada did this that the conglomerate did something wrong here it's just like they have like no brain waves right so this makes him so angry and he erupts uh scaring ingrid right there and he's like using her powers like why did you do this to joe right and then over back at the like, the base, we see the, the monk. And it's like at this moment when Peter's like using his powers to the fullest, the monk's like, okay, it's starting, right? Oh, okay. Omega Rising. <laughs> they use the name of the book. <laughs> we even see another vision of Chris behind Peter. Um, and this almost turns the tide for Peter and is kind of, uh, you know, lightening up. But then he realizes she's wearing the same clothes as before. And yeah. then just multiples of her come up out of, out of nowhere trying to stop Peter from going crazy. Um, but this just angers him more and he tries to erupt his powers and fight back and against Ingrid while Hidden Moon is behind there to stop his powers. And he's like, you know, this is enough. I'm going to like use my powers to stop you because you're going out of control. But like Peter is like at this point super powerful also. So he's like lunging at Hidden Moon as they're both trying to like stop each other and Hidden Moon just like is also trained, so he like yeah. catches him and throws him down, and is like about to break his arm. Right? He's like, "You need to give up now." Um, Peter notices that just everyone from this company, from Harada conglomerates, is just so pompous about their powers and mm-hmm. just throwing around everything. Um, and Peter's able to just grab like a like a needle off the ground and just stabs it straight into Hidden Moon's neck. Yeah. And his arm now is like, it's broken, right? So he's like one arm trying to fight Hidden Moon. He grabs like a rusty old pipe and like beats the hell out of Hidden Moon. Like his face is destroyed. Just to break in his pompous face because uh, he's not uh, even worried about the physical aspect of this whole fight. Uh, he like, his powers are so strong now. All the windows like explode in the whole building and he like jets out and flies into the sky. So he's he's so angry now. He flies all the way to the Harada headquarters and he bursts into the, the office of Toyo Harada. And we have like the Harbingers there, right? Yeah. And it's Livewire. And it's that one dude, uh, Ion, who is like that one varsity dude guy. Totally. And then there's this new character named uh, Stronghold. Ooh. Stronghold is the guy that like went on the blind date to get faith. Oh, yeah. It was just all a trick all the whole time just to recruit her, right? Recruit her, yeah. He's like the most good looking, that's why. Gotcha. He's also like one of the most powerful. He can take mass and just turn that into just energy and lunge that at somebody. And they're all like fighting now, right? Remember, Peter, one of his arms is broken. Like he's just limp, but he's there looking super powerful, trying to fight uh, Harada. Rampaging. They all try to just use all their powers on Peter, but Peter's able to just take all the damage pretty much as Harada grabs him by the throat and they're flying outside of the whole building. You know, stories high, just he's got his hand on his throat. You know what this reminds me of? I I know what you're going to guess. Miracle Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, you remember Miracle Man when he fought uh, his like old sidekick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kid Miracle. Kid Miracle, yeah. Like on the top of like a big building, like it looks like that, like 
both of them powers of like a god fighting in the sky of above like New York or whatever. Up in the sky, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Harada is about to defeat Peter. Like he's choking him out. Peter's just like hanging there, and the only person that can save him now is Livewire. Oh, really? Livewire is like, forgive me, master. And she uses her powers, and like those drones start attacking Harada. Um, Livewire explains that master, you're just getting too powerful. Um, Harada, you 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 have so much power throughout the world. There must be somebody in the world to balance your power. So this whole time, Livewire was actually on Peter's side. But as Harada is like hit, he drops Peter. Peter's like falling down, free falling, and you know he has no powers right now. He can't stop. Um, another person jumps in and saves him, catches him flying in. It is Faith. What? So she's got powers now. She could fly. She's not dead. She's not dead either. No. Yeah. She could fly and she like catches Peter and saves him. Um, and they just like fall down at a random park. And um, Faith is so happy that she's got her powers and is able to save Peter. And uh, it ends with Peter all beat up and bloody and he just throws up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the final page shows the empty area, the empty vault where the monk used to be. And now he's like walking through the city alone. Yes, he's uh, making his way outside of Harada and um, going on his own. Yeah. And now like we know Harada is not this great guy that's trying to like save the world with like a super team. He's building an evil army of super uh, powered people. Not necessarily a benefactor, but more like a control freak. Yeah. Um, and then the monk is now on his own and it's Peter and Faith now like on their own. So it's like... Who knows where they're going to end up? Yeah. what's How does this all smash together? I don't know. Uh, this book gave me a lot of like Chronicle vibes. You remember that mo- yes. movie? Yeah. That's what I felt like throughout the whole thing. This kind of disenfranchised youth yeah. as he's got these ultra powers. Yeah. Like so strong they don't know how to use it and it's just causing mayhem. Totally. Yeah. 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 I, I enjoy this book a lot. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, it really fit with the Valiant universe, and I'm eager to see how it crosses over. Yeah, yeah. There's points where I'm like, oh, that's a little bit too harsh for the the main character <laughs> to be doing that type of thing. I don't know if I can root for this guy, but it's kind of more this bleak world um, building up to this, you know, this whole uh, new universe, Valiant. Yeah, I really like how they're tying in like ancient monks, and like apparently there's like harbingers from the past that um you know like harada is super old and but he can look younger than he is totally yeah yeah so i, I want to see like where the story goes and how like because i i know bloodshot's gonna like come into play here somehow so yeah vin i'm eager to see the crossover i want to see how they kind of walk these waters these psychic super team yeah. Like that. So this is our third installment of like the Valiant storyline. Right, yeah. Third one. I think the next one is Archer and Armstrong. Yeah, it looks like the more goofier of the bunch. Yeah. With his lunch. Yeah. And then I know there's like Ninjack and Shadow Man. I've read some of that already. Yeah, yeah. Shadow so Man. There's plenty of good stuff. There's like Quantum and Woody. It's like a... Is that this universe? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and then Faith will get her own title later on too. That's cool. And okay. then there's a bunch of other crossovers throughout the years since since the modern relaunch of it. It's been almost a decade. Has it been a decade already? Almost a decade. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. They, they've they've got to have a world all built together now. Are they yeah. still going? I don't know that much about. I think they're still going, nowadays. but like I said, they're more of like quality over quantity. They don't put a bunch of titles out a month like i think it's around four or five okay okay yeah a year i mean oh really yeah so it's like they're really trying to just put out quality work and not 
oversaturate the the Valiant universe. Gotcha. Okay, I didn't know that. And they're working on movies now, so it's uh, it's I guess that's okay. To fun, <laughs> to fun. The Perfect comics. time to go make movies. Right. <laughs> we're we're getting a sequel. Right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, this makes me want to go watch that Bloodshot movie. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he can make blockbusters, that guy. <laughs> well, that is it for uh, this week, uh, Harbinger. Uh, shall we get to side stories? Let's do it. You know, a little while back in uh, another side stories, I was talking about uh, Pokemon card unboxings okay. on YouTube. Sure. Well, uh, that linked me back to my first love, Yu-Gi-Oh!, the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. My first game. love. My first love, yeah. This was a, a trading card game that I used to play all the time when I was younger, when I was a kid. And I played it all the time up till I was like in high school. It was like a fun game. Don't uh, act like you don't play it now. I play it now because we, we brought it back. <laughs> uh, what's fun is, yeah, we uh, figured out how we could play uh, socially distance uh, <laughs> over Zoom. It's a fun thing to do. <laughs> if you guys don't know, it's like one of those, you know, kid card games where you play down cards and you're fighting monsters with that and it's it's honestly very complicated it's just numbers yeah totally <laughs> and yeah it, i have it, i did a pause on it I didn't play it for a while us uh and the cousins i would play with my cousins right okay and um, one of my cousins we figured out how to play over zoom we would have a webcam to see our, our, ourselves right and then another camera on her phone oh on a tripod pointed down at the table where we put our cards Oh, you're too... All right. It's like engineering part of it too now. In the math, there's engineering now. It's like so many skills you get in this training card game. It's so wonderful. (laughs) So about how many hours a week do you play this? Not too much. We've only done it like three times, but it's fun to like get back into it. Uh, It's like uh, something I played for a while. It's like collecting comics. You're collecting these trading cards. Like, did you have trading cards back in the day? Yeah. What were they? I had... Marvel Masterpiece cards, which I desperately wish I still had. I don't know where they went. And I'm probably going to start collecting them again one day. Yeah, so don't judge me. It's like the same thing. Except yeah, but you I'm can not, use I'm these. Not, I'm not showing them off to my cousins on Zoom. That's weird. I mean, where is he going to show them off to you? <laughs> this is strategy. It's a game, right? It's like you're, like you're into board games. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's kind of like that, right? Uh, and Except your boards cost like $200. Totally. <laughs> That's like lowballing. There, I'm looking up like numbers and prices for these cars nowadays, like the new ones, right? Yeah. They're outrageous. It's like bewildering how much people are willing to spend for these cards. Now, the idea is this is from a cartoon show, right? Yeah, yeah, Japanese cartoon. And is that cartoon show still going on? Are there new episodes of this? They're new episodes, but it's kind what? of like. Um, a different generational thing where it's a different storyline, but it's still using cards in the in the show. Yeah, and it's just like how cartoons nowadays are just trying to sell you toys too. It's the same thing. Yeah, but I'm, it's just crazy that this show is still going on. Yeah, it's a kind of quote unquote a different show, kind of. It's okay. a different storyline. Now, Yu Gi Oh is the name of the game, or is it the name of the main character? It's the name of the video of the game. It's not a. Video, it's a card game. Yeah. yeah. It's the name of the game, but the guy's name on the show is also called Yugi. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're so lame. But in the in the show, when they want to play the game, they like they say, "Let's play Yu-Gi-Oh." Uh, I think they'll say um, "Battle of Monsters" or something like that. I forgot oh, what so dueling dumb. monsters. So, like the name of the card game that you're playing is even the wrong name like, you're calling it the name of the main character i think it's lost in translation between america and japan 
You know, they have to, there's like a translation Stop. lost there. That's wrong. You guys are just wrong. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's a little bit annoying too, is the cards that were back in the day that I, I look up and they're like, they were treasured so much back in the day. Mm-hmm. I look at the prices now, they're like a quarter. <laughs> you, you, get, you get like a, a bunch of them for like a dollar or whatever. It's uh, yeah. the market crash. The market crash. <laughs> it's other things are more valuable. It's a bit annoying. All right. But yeah, instead of the Pokemon stuff, I'm watching these Yu-Gi-Oh unboxings, and they're up there too, like forty thousand dollars for a bunch of Piece cards. Of paper. Yeah, cardboard. Cool, right? What is the most expensive card that you have? I don't have anything valuable. I think. I mean, do you have cards that's like worth like ten dollars? I think so. And it's probably a card I don't even know that is worth ten dollars, and I just use it. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I, ne- I was never after trying to get the most expensive cards because I could not afford it. So I'm just trying to play a good game. You know, it's a sport. It's at a the sport. Day. <laughs> it's going to be in the Olympics. It's a strategy game. You know, all this mental math to to achieve the goal of winning. The goal. Okay. Like if you could do a quick breakdown of actually playing the game. Sure. The goal is to just get your enemy's like life to zero. Yeah. Kind of the point. Yeah. You have a and number. The, the, your cards have like an attack value or whatever. Right. So each have life, life points. No one has a life in this and, game. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And then you summon these monsters and use the monsters to lower the other, uh, your opponent's life points, get them down to zero, and then you win. So whatever, like I would assume the more valuable the cards are, like the higher damage they do right that's how it is typically but it's not just that there's other things that at play you can boost up your cards you can dampen the your opponent's cards kind of wipe the field of the other players cards right uh-huh. uh, things like that strategies all that it's in there and it's also since the, uh, i've taken my retirement from the game okay <laughs> there's yeah. all these other rules that they mashed in there that i don't i'm not a fan of because i didn't understand them and there's all this drama about too many rules it's overcomplicated for us, you know, mid twenties. But all of us kids in our mid twenties, we don't understand <laughs> the game. It's too complicated. Oh gosh! And then I-, I was making fun of it earlier. Yeah, but you play on like this mat. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I remember when you said you wanted to look for uh, a placemat. I <laughs> thought you were talking about like to eat meals on. No. Well, that was that was like a fun thing. We were uh, looking around. I was going to get a a play mat. And which is where you put your cards on. But I was just going to use it as a mouse pad, like a fun thing, because I wasn't really playing the card game anymore. And tell me how much do these play mats cost? Oh, yeah. We asked for the price of it. They said, oh, that's $80. $80? That's not that's not that expensive when we're talking about these no, play mats. No, it is for like a mat? No, that's that like- you're just going to eat food off of? I'm not going to eat food off it. It costs $80. <laughs> God, all right. It's so awesome. <laughs> These are like world championship mats. It's hard world to get. championship mats. Right. I would have to win to get them, but or I could just pay $80. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Just yeah. pay $80. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. Kind of fun to- Isn't there one that, that was like not for sale? Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to win to get them. And I asked. I felt like I felt like such a doofus asking when he said, no, not for sale. <laughs> Oh, oh, embarrassment. So the experience of playing over Zoom, it's like a worthwhile experience. Yeah, worthwhile if you miss it. There's like some uh, hiccups there, like uh, the shininess of the card because the lighting is hard to pick up on camera. Yeah. You have to also explain what cards do because you can't just give it to the person for them to To read. read. Okay. I was assuming like you guys know so much. 
that you could just look at your opponent's card through the screen and be like, I know what that does. Like half of them, like old cards we do know, but the new ones we don't know. So we'd okay. have to explain it. You taught me this game because I wanted to see what the hype was about. Yeah. We'd play for years. And I kind of got the idea of it. And then I was like, well, this is still dumb. Yeah, because you don't know all the rules. I'm pretty sure I was beating you, so I was like, this is dumb. You don't get the so strategy. I don't need to play this anymore. Honestly, it got overcomplicated for me, too. So that's why I had to drop out <laughs> and stuff got pricey. But yeah. Well, are you going to continue doing this? Yeah. We're, we're going to pick up a game every once in a while on Zoom. It's pretty fun. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll hop in just to watch and make fun. You're not invited. You're I'm not getting the fun. Zoom invites. Can you send me the uh, password, please, and the meeting ID? He doesn't go here. <laughs> Uh, I too want to talk about a game. All right, cool. What do you got? It is a video game Mm -hmm. for my Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. And this is a game that's been talked about a lot on like the game community for the past year or whatever. This channel. It is called Hades for Nintendo Switch. And it is, there's so many like terms in video games that I don't 100% understand. Yeah. But it's like a roguelike, a roadlike, roguelite. I don't know. Some weird terminology just popped up. But the idea is uh, the the game itself is very fun. You play as Zags, which mm-hmm. he has like a longer name, but his nickname is Zags. He's the son of Hades, the god of Hades. In we're, Greek we're talking mythology. about oh yeah, Greek, Greek gods. Yeah, and he lives in hell, right? And he wants to escape hell, so he has to go through like all these battles through the dungeons of hell to get out. Mm. And the idea of the game is you have one life, and you just try to fight your way through this but every time obviously you're not going to make it right away so you die and then you get upgrades every time you die until you're strong enough to make it so out. what does the game look like what what is the animation what is the point of view of the screen it's kind of like one of those like um you see it in like a diagonal like a three-fourths perspective view of it is it from called a top like down isometric kind of yeah. yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like a top down but not fully top down like three-fourths top down i don't know what you call that i am picking it up yeah. yeah and you'll have these it's it's a lot of like old school moves where it's like light hit heavy hit dash special right right and you're dealing with all these random types of enemies that are like some are like bigger some are smaller and quick or whatever and you just have to defeat each room and then get into the next room and then defeat that room until you make it all the way out of hell it's like a it's literally dungeon crawling right yeah that's exactly what it is and you know you earn money which when you have enough money you can unlock a new weapon which will help you get further and further until you can escape hell Hmm. um i really like it the art style of it is really good it's a fun like pick up and play and then put back down kind of game those are nice you don't need to spend hours playing it and the voice acting in it is really good it's not one of those like you have to keep reading everything is voice acted 100 percent. nice so i'm actually enjoying the story <laughs> <laughs> i'm not just pressing a to skip through all this dialogue yeah uh and it's fun i don't like i could see why a lot of people like this game and i've only played like two hours of it maybe hmm. so i'm I look forward to beating it or trying to beat it and spending like a good chunk of time playing it. I like the look of it. It's kind of cartoony. Yeah. Um, and the characters look kind of fun and the, the, uh, the, the style of the, the dialogue, it's not uh, dark or whatever. It's kind of like funny and jokey about it all, right? Yeah. Even though you're escaping hell. Yeah. Um, my question is, are you using my Steam controller that I got you for Christmas? Oh, uh, not yet. Because I've been playing it handheld. Great, great. <laughs> but as soon as I plop it onto the dock and play on a bigger screen, I'll use that Pro Controller. Good gift. Good pick, Daniel. I, still, I'm going to use it. Okay. I still like it. 
<laughs> I just haven't had time to hook up my dock yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's what I've been playing. Super fun. Um, I plan on using that controller eventually. Thank you. And beating the game, and I'll I'll let you know when I beat it. Could be a while. Could be a while because it's over and over, right? Yeah, and it's gets pretty hard. I know it's made by a company that's like pretty big in the game uh, industry. Like they make some really popular games, yeah. Transistor. Um, I forget the other ones, but I yeah. think I played a, f- a bit of some of the games. They're not like big AAA games, too. They're oh, right. Kind of like mid-tier, like slightly above indie kind of feel to them. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, I'd say if you have a Nintendo Switch and you got some time, this is a good way to invest your video game hours into. Cool, cool, okay. Yeah, that and we've been playing Red Dead Online. Yeah, <laughs> we've been playing tons of that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that too. Yeah, there are times where it's clunky, right? Sure. Like just getting on your horse sometimes can be a chore for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the actual fun of doing these missions in the game are pretty enjoyable and the world, the world looks gorgeous. Yeah, and we're playing on like last gen stuff, so it's still really good. The bottom of the barrel consoles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and you can even stream us on Spotify. Yeah, and uh, you know, give us a share. Uh, tell your friends about us. Anything you guys can do to help boost the podcast would be much appreciated. Um, and you can find us on all the social medias. Uh, you can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, guys. We'll be back next week with um, the recap episode for episode four of WandaVision. Correct. And then a brand new comic book next Wednesday. So until then, Daniel, can you please hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye. Later, guys. <laughs> Error.